Jono, 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 give me the keys back. No, it's mine. I live here now. It's my house. Give me the keys to the podcast. <sighs> Fine. I'll just hang on one second. Just um, which key is here? I'll slip it under the door. I don't. I'm not unlocking <laughs> it for you. I'm not going that far, but I'll slip it under the door here. I'm like, let me in, Doc Giff. <laughs> Uh, but hi, folks. It's me, Greg Delmudge. I'm back to co-host an episode of Random Encounter, finally. I know it, it was teased ages ago that, hey, Greg's might be back next week. Just kidding. He's not. But he'll be back eventually. It was schedules, timing, life. Life is happening. And uh, I have been very busy and partly enjoying the hiatus away from the site in a lot of ways because I, I really needed to focus on a bunch of new stuff. But uh, I'm happy to be back here for uh, episode 229 of Random Encounter. And as always, I am joining, I will say this time, because you've been here for a while now, John Logan. Hey, everyone. Who I was just yelling at about the keys, because now that I have the keys, uh, I will, we'll just get it out of the way to pass the proverbial baton, keys, whatever, back to you, John. <laughs> um, the show is officially yours. Um, if folks haven't already figured it out already, I'm sure people assumed Greg's never coming back. He's just going to, everyone's feeling, um, abandoned like they were by Derek, just kind of like ghosted us. I can't remember. I feel like Derek, Derek did say goodbye. I can't remember. I have to go back and listen to those episodes. I think he had a send off episode, but I can't remember. I feel like it was rather sudden. Greg said he was going out to get cigarettes and then he just never came back. <laughs> right. I'm just going to go get a bag of milk. Uh, I can't do that in BC. I'm sorry. <laughs> Come to Ontario where we have lots of bags of milk. Right. But uh, yeah, John O'Logan will be officially taking over as the podcast uh, main host and we'll be forever joined by a delightful panelist like myself. I'm still around the site. I've stepped back from my management duties and from uh, the, the hosting duties here at uh, on Random Encounter. Uh, but I'll still keep doing some stuff that's less time sensitive. I just, I just can't keep up anymore as part of the problem. I just I got promoted at the job that I was working at with uh, our, uh, our fearless leader, Mike Salbato, and uh, with John O'Logan and uh, Tyler Trosper works there as well. I've been promoted to project manager there. So it's taken up more of my time and my energy. And uh, I, I found, yeah, just I had not as much downtime to just play games and keep video editing and podcasting and stuff. And I needed a break, as you all heard back when I took the break episode. So uh, once again, I'll remind you all, mental health is important. But uh, thank you for giving me that break, buddy. No problem. And I mean, you have been back for doing a few things. You were on uh, the press start title of screen music of Rhythm a few weeks ago. I sure was, and uh, which you edited. And uh, it, was, it was so much fun. I love being on Rand, uh, Rhythm Encounter. Yeah, it was such a good episode. Uh, some really, really great music in it, too. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. If you like music, go listen to that and every other episode. But uh, it was really funny because when we had the selections up, I think all of us just immediately... We had that sweating gif of like the two buttons and one button was the Xenoblade Chronicles title screen and then like something else, like every <laughs> single person and Zach just hit the button first. But all of us were like, oh, we were going to go with that. But uh, all right, I'll go find something else. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed your choice. I, the uh, the remix of the Zelda theme was awesome. Yeah, that, that band is so good. Uh, I love listening to Bit Brigade uh, ever since I saw them for the first time at PAX, which it was at the concert, I think, that we shared in the show notes which is funny. Mm -hmm. uh, it, like, what they do is so great. If you haven't watched it yet, it's it's mind-boggling. And sitting there like trying to play through Legend of Zelda myself like I did uh, way back when when I had my brief like COVID scare quarantine. Mm. Like 
I'm just like, I'll never beat this in like half an hour like that guy. <laughs> like what? I don't know how he does it. Yeah, I, I watch speed run sometimes if just like, especially Link to the Past because I love watching randomizers. And mm. it just, it's unbelievable how fast they blow through that game. Yeah, it's bananas. So yeah, Bipper Grade's cool. If you haven't heard any of their stuff, check out their music. Check out the episode if you want to hear their Legend of Zelda specific stuff. If you are looking for it, the link is in the show notes for that episode of Rhythm. Or you could just go on YouTube and look up Bipper Grade at PAX Prime 2014 Legend of Zelda. And it will come up. So, uh, you know, I got to say, you know, I, I leave the show for like, what, 20 episodes? I don't know. Actually, it's only been like, what, six, seven? It's been one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, I think like seven or eight. Yeah. Seven episodes. We're, we're almost seven minutes in and there hasn't been a news blast. What kind of show are you running here, Logan? Oh, yeah. I've been I've been thinking about renovation. I'm just going to like just going to take this wall out here. going to hang new curtains and everything. <laughs> Um, yeah, but if you want the big news, which I know Greg is tremendously excited about, and we say news like it's actual news, it's not actual news, it's a rumor, but it's <laughs> such a good rumor that we really it's just one that we need all to talk for. About. Yeah, the rumor is that maybe, perhaps, Chrono Cross might be getting a remake or a remaster, or they'll release it on a toaster. Yeah, release it on a toaster. Like they'll be doing something. To be to be actually completely honest, probably they could run Chrono Cross on a toaster nowadays. I mean, I would buy like the Chrono Cross themed toaster. I wouldn't lie if it prints up Serge's face on your <laughs> on your toast. Half the time you get Serge's face, half the other time you get Lynx's. <laughs> It'd be great. I yeah, I mean, I've been had been slowly trying to play through it, uh, but then I had uh, for folks who haven't since I haven't been here, I went in for some elective surgery. Yeah, so I just haven't been had having the time to get back to Chrono Cross uh, because I do want to play it, but I want to record it for our YouTube stuff. So it's been kind of like this. Eh. And by the time I get back to it, the remaster will probably be out. Yeah. I slagged off on Chrono Cross on the last episode of Rhythm Encounter, the uh, the live concert episode. I slagged off on uh, Chrono Cross. So I might as well piss off everyone on Random Encounter too by slagging off on it again. I don't like Chrono Cross. I just don't like it. I mean, that's fair. It doesn't seem like it's for everybody. I'm not super far into it. I've, I've mm. just kind of through the first opening moments. And I can see where people don't like. And I think we talked about this on an episode way back when. Uh, and just, it was like, it's very much of its time in PlayStation. Now, mm -hmm. Let's make everything cinematic and long. And at the time that was cool. Now going back to it, it's like, oh gosh, just get to the damn attack. Just do it. Just hit the thing. Uh, why do you have to wind up? But I, I don't know. I, I still haven't fallen off of it, but I can see where people probably could. I, I don't know. I think the combat system's kind of neat and fresh in its way. And um, it is unfortunate that it's doesn't, take much from chrono trigger but uh it's one of those things where maybe it could have done better if it hadn't had chrono in the title yeah i think that uh there is so much truly amazing truly amazing things about this game like like i mentioned on the rhythm encounter episode the soundtrack i think it has possibly one of the best soundtracks on the playstation it's just unbelievably beautiful like every single track on the damn thing is amazing yeah, it's a bop yeah it is uh I think that the design of the game, like the art design of it is just unbelievably beautiful. Um, it's so vibrant. It like it, even if you look at it today, it still pops. And it was like on a, like what? Like yeah. It was on, it was designed to be on like a 480 blurry screen. Yeah. That thing needs a remaster to do it justice. Yeah. And that's the question is what are they going to do? Are they going to do a, a, just a texture remaster? Or are they going to go back? Are they going to uh, revamp the gameplay? Are they going to add more gameplay and maybe flesh out some of the, uh, some of the underdeveloped massive cast, which I mean, that would that would intrigue me certainly into playing it again. Yeah, I wonder how much, if at all, 
hit like the cutting room floor for editing purposes or translation purposes or whatever because i know that does happen but maybe Mm. it didn't but i feel like that would be such a dramatic undertaking to have to rebuild the game from the ground up but that would be amazing but if we just get like a texture remaster too that would be fine as long as it's properly done not like what they've done with the final fantasy ones where we're like oh we'll touch up the backgrounds but those uh sprites will will keep pretty fugly yeah the million dollar question for me is would they do a remaster like would that be enough chrono trigger and chrono cross i mean technically the chrono franchise was one of their crown jewels but that was like 20 years ago because there hasn't been a game since then so the question is if they are going to be doing something new with it, I think they should do something really special with it. And if they're not doing a new game, I, I don't know if a remaster is enough. That being said, maybe they will release this, but then at the same time, they'll kind of look over at Nintendo and be like, huh, they pulled off that whole Dread thing. So yeah. uh, maybe we'll finally release Chrono Break. <laughs> we can dream. Radical. Radically dream. Radically dream. Radically dream about uh, Chrono Break. Um, <laughs> I would... Like, don't get me wrong, I would be astonished and delighted if, like, if they announced it uh, at, like, next year's E3 or something like that. Oh, yeah. I think everybody would. <laughs> but, it'd be, I mean, again, they, they they did it with Trials of Mana, so, I mean... True. It's not out of the realm of possibility that they could just pull that out of their butts. My problem with Chrono Cross is, is primarily uh, the characters. I just feel like there's too many and not enough plot to spread around. That's what I always heard, too. My friends... Uh, around the old uh, high school cafeteria table back when it was, mm-hmm. you know, the the game of the time was even was even were even saying, uh, yeah, the Chrono Trigger was so amazing and great, and then now you get this, which yeah, it's got a bunch of characters, but all just paper thin. And mm-hmm. uh, I again, I'm still in like the developing of like the core cast, so I haven't seen that yet, but I'm I'm yeah. bracing myself. And I mean, I was never, I didn't really have a problem with the like the little references to Chrono Trigger throughout it, that it's not its not like a full-fledged sequel to it. It almost takes place in the same world and features some of the same yeah. characters, but it's very different. I never had a problem with that. I just didn't think it developed the ideas of the game very well, um, which, I again, I always thought was a shame because I think it's probably the best-looking and the best-sounding title on that system. I mean, it's likely just a product of its time and also was trying to be ahead of its time and just didn't quite land. Who knows? But if they were to announce like a full-fledged like Chrono Cross remake, I would be very excited for that yeah and it's, they could have learned from past mistakes and maybe it, it, it could be it could be brewing i mean that, that's what again I, have, I can actually go right back to trials of mana we didn't even know that that was a thing until like it was almost a year out yeah they were smart about it by not pulling the final fantasy 7 thing of like it's coming eventually <laughs> i think they've learned their lesson which is why we have heard we have heard absolutely nothing about episode two of the final fantasy 7 remaster or uh, remake. Well, exactly. And not much about 16. Uh, we haven't heard much about uh, even like Triangle Strategy. Again, just got like another kind of taste and then finally got its date. But we haven't seen much else from it, right? Like they're they're starting to figure out play it close to the play it close to the chest until you ha- like you can show it. So otherwise, yeah, you're going to run into Final Fantasy versus 13 problems again. And it didn't work for Final Fantasy 15. It didn't work for 7R. Nope. So it's like they figured it out, I think, finally that to to just Tell us when you got something to show for it. Exactly. Don't just show us a CGI trailer anymore. That's, exactly. That, work, that worked in 1997, but we're not that impressed by it anymore. We want to no. see gameplay. Well, exactly. If you if if you can tell me the game's coming and then I can kill Chaos that same day, great. Uh, or at least talk about killing Chaos, rather. <laughs> and we've been talking about killing Chaos since, really. <laughs> Which, again, it worked. And Say that what, game's right. probably coming up soon, right? You're 100% right. Say what you will about... Uh, 
about that game. We've been talking about it nonstop and the amount of speculation that has has generated is unbelievable. Well, exactly. It's 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 ridiculous and that's, you know, the old caveat of, or caveat the old the old adage of there's no bad press, right? It's it's there. Yeah. People are talking about it. It's in the zeitgeist. And that was even at the same time too. They talked about the Pixel Remasters then and then Three months later, whatever it was, we found we got them. So again, like no one knew they were working on those. They're just like, oh, by the way, we're doing this. Oh, by the way, now they're available. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I honestly would not be shocked. I would risk putting Chrono Cross Remake on my bingo card for E3 because they may have been like working on this around the same time as 7R and seeing how it was all going and finally changing their marketing plan. Like maybe let's just keep this one until we're ready. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's it's exciting news regardless. Yeah. I mean, I'll take the remaster, whatever. Yeah, this is rumor. We know that it's it was the composer who said that uh they're working on something, a, a remake or something involving a P, uh, PlayStation game. And then this was the rumor that it's Chrono Cross. But Chrono Cross, I mean, Chrono Cross really could use a remake or it could use a a remaster. Yeah, it's the same as Xenoblade Chronicles, right? Like getting that on the Switch and make even that game its full graphical glory, it's worth it. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I mean, it's a no-brainer. They're not going to, uh, they're not going to lose money on a remaster of Chrono Cross. No, not at all. Either, whichever way they go, they're going to go, it's going to go well. It's yeah. just, yeah, whatever they, they feel like doing, if they if they're able to get the original team on who wants to cap, try and capture the original vision they had with modern mm-hmm. technology, sometimes they can push to get the budget for that. But if it's just more of a, eh, let's just do something that prints money and just throw a new coat of paint on it, it'll still do well. Yeah. Well, speaking of something that prints money, Battle Royales. And uh, Square, <laughs> yeah. Square Enix has uh, recently uh, released uh, the actual like release of their battle royale, which is uh, Final Fantasy VII: The First Soldier, and this was something that you covered months and months and months ago in the uh, the press preview. Yeah, and it was super fun. Uh, we, yeah, and we talked about it on the episode. Yeah, and you've been playing it since then, like this 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 version. Um, and it's apparently still it's come quite a long way since then, even still. And it's getting some real good buzz. That's good. I haven't actually followed much about it online itself. I was, but I was just anxiously waiting. And I pre-registered for it. I am bummed that as have with my press preview none of my stuff carried over into the game so Uh, either i did something wrong or just they're trying to keep it fair and balanced mm -hmm. but you know i had a cool chocobo hoodie i had some other cool stuff like it was nothing that changed the game except for i may have i've had would have had a couple classes leveled up but that also could have been a balancing thing too except they seem to have changed how the classes level Mm -hmm. or at least like like every level unlocks like a like a, t- a gift kind of thing. And then every once in a while you'll get a uh, looks like a book that you can use to train the class and change skills around. Mm-hmm. But uh, otherwise, it still feels very much the same as it felt back in the beta. They added controller support. So I'm excited for that. Although I'm worried about how that balances because I don't think there's a separate category for those who play just with touchscreen and those who play just with controller. I imagine those that play with controller are probably going to have a little bit of an edge. Exactly. Like the, the touchscreen controls are good. There is the odd time where I'll like accidentally shoot when I don't mean to just because of screen real estate. Um, you know, I've had that happen a couple times and it's like, oh damn, because when you shoot, it shows on the radar if you're close enough to somebody that you can hear bullets firing somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it kind of gives you the direction that it was in. So it's like, uh, you got to watch out for that or I'll accidentally like swing my sword, which will put me out of a crouch. So then people could see my footsteps or hear my footsteps, so to speak. So I have to watch out for that. But generally like the touchscreen controls are pretty well done. You can completely reorganize how you want the screen to be 
uh, arranged and like change the size of the buttons and stuff like there's a lot of customization in how you can play it via touchscreen. That's terrific. It's great because there's a lot going on in this game because I haven't played like Fortnite, which definitely uh, stole away the craze in a lot of ways. Uh, and I know like its big mechanic is building forts on the fly kind of thing while you're collecting gear and shooting people down and eliminating down to the last person standing. Mm-hmm. And then this one, it's, as I said back in my preview too, it's kind of got the the element of that you're still going in fighting other people, but you can fight as your class with melee. Everyone has a basic melee attack from monk to the newly added class ninja, but then you can also pick up guns on the fly. And there's two types of shotguns, two types of sniper rifles, two types of um, like light machine gun kind of things or are uh, rifles mm-hmm. and uh, two different types of handguns and two types of submachine guns. So you kind of get a different play style for everybody based on what you find. I definitely like to go with my, um, sniper rifles a lot because it's just real satisfying to get that shot off and from a distance and pick people off. Uh, and then, then then you get materia and you can get three materia throughout that you can level up to level three. So it gets stronger. Every time you pick up a material, you get experience towards it. So if you keep finding the copies of the same one, um, eventually you can have like a maxed out Blazaga that will just do that much more damage with a spell kind of thing. Mm. Uh, or you can find really rare stuff by finding treasure chests in the map and stuff like that. Like bringing down Comet on people is super fun. And I've also been annihilated by it too, which sucks. <laughs> yeah, if I remember, it's been a while. I recall you saying that one of the things that impressed you most about this game uh, when you were doing the preview was just how much it still felt like Final Fantasy. Yeah, because of that stuff, because there's monsters in the world, because you can call in summons, it definitely had that had enough of the flavor because that's what did it for me. Like I've never been attracted to really any other battle royale whereas this one has the right marriage of i do like third person first person shooter games every once in a while it's got to like tick the right box for me and i got to be in the right mood for it but like this one does it because it also brings in just enough of flavor of that franchise i love they didn't just go and say cool we're going to take fortnite and just slap cloud hair on it like yeah they didn't just do a skin of it exactly like they they thought pretty hard about how to incorporate the elements of what makes final fantasy 7 and its world its own thing so having you be able to explore the map and unlock fine chests to be able to engage with monsters to get experience throughout the match to level up as you're going so you can it the longer you survive you get experience and level up essentially every single time a sequence um sequence what's it called either way it's like every single time like a phase goes through you get a bit of experience and you level up and you'll level up your melee attack or your special your class's special ability and then you can also fast track that though by engaging with monsters and it, and the monsters are scaled too like if if you the second you drop out of your helicopter land on the map and you go try and face off against a bomb you're probably going to get your butt handed to you you can do it if you're if you're slick but if it gets one right one or two right hits on you you're done mm. whereas if you level up a bit by fighting hedgehog pies or some slug rays or whatever and then you come back to it later or after you've defeated a few other candidates uh, which is what the players are called because the idea is that you're all shinra candidates pre final fantasy 7 mm-hmm. and this is kind of like a, a digital training arena so to speak so you're that's why you're just in midgar at the moment i'm hoping they'll add new maps but this this map is humongous anyway so yeah you you get to level up as you go and then you can engage with some of those the drakes uh or some of even the special monsters like the scorpion sentinel is in there or like a chopper those big like saw blade mecha things mm-hmm. uh and they're tough and you you definitely don't want to just like go in guns blazing against monsters expecting it to work out so like there's still an element of like the grind using magic properly um engaging with monsters and and seeing that world from a very different perspective it's a bit downscaled obviously from what it is in 7r but yeah it's still quite impressive what they've managed to do in this big completely filled out map that you can like go stand on Aerith's house and see good ways across the map even if it's a bit like 
the, the textures are downscaled until you get closer, but like, it, it's very cool that you can run around this whole map and see all these different locations and just loot them and pillage and fight each other. And it's really cool. It sounds like a real good marriage of an RPG and a, uh, battle royale yeah it's done really well and I, I i've been like ever since the preview ended i've honestly been jonesing to play it again and i've been filling my time with like I've, uh, war of the lions has been doing great to, uh, war of the Visions. sorry mm. war of the visions has been great to still play with the final fantasy brave exvius final fantasy tactics kind of game and they've had some fun crossovers with uh they had Laura Croft that you could, you could get in there since that's a uh, square enix property these days which is weird to think about but you're right yep but she's a, I've seen some people bring her in. They had a Final Fantasy VII crossover, so a lot of people have Cloud, Tifa, and Barrett, and Aerith. I dropped a lot of visions on trying to get Aerith. No real money, but just a bunch of my like saved up like you know space bucks mm. and didn't get her, which was annoying. But I still have some other cool characters I'm still working on. But uh, I got Tifa, and she's pretty rad. They're super powerful. They just did a Final Fantasy XV one that's just starting now, so you get Prompto for free, which is great. And you have Noctis in there. Presumably they'll have maybe Ignis and Gladiolus as well. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. At some point, you got to dole them out slowly. Yeah. Like, it seems like the format they've had is they'll, they they basically do two different rounds of the special characters for like the theme. So like they had uh, like Final Fantasy IV, they dropped Cecil and mm-hmm. you got him for free. Um, but then you could also summon more of his like visions to level him up and stuff like that. And then mm-hmm. after like a week and a bit of that, then they dropped... Um, Kane and Rosa, uh, who are both good in their own respects as well. So like they kind of stagger it. Oh, I wonder what Kane and Rosa were up to while Cecil was fighting. <laughs> uh, Kane. Um, that was so it's it's been cool too. But that was I still wanted to kind of yeah to get back to the the action fighting in Midgar and riding my bikes and oh yeah, there's a chocobo farm too. That's the other thing I didn't quite see the feature. I saw that there was a chocobo farm as an option for match making, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's literally just, it just takes you right to the farm. It's, you don't interact with other players, but you can breed chocobos. So they got oh. that even in there from final fantasy seven. You, uh, for two grand, you, if you uh, are in the match every once in a while, you'll find a mogs bell, which gives you a little special shop mm-hmm. after the mission. And one of the things you can buy are chocobo eggs and they just, you, they're, they're time sensitive. So you just wait however long. Yep. hours or days or whatever and then you can hatch it and then you get some type of chocobo with different stats and uh it'll have like an ability like i have a black chocobo when it shows up it gives me magic points back mm-hmm. i have another one that will bring you like an item uh but eventually i all i have are three males right now so uh if i ever get a female i conceivably could breed them together to uh combine the stats so like if my male black chocobo has a lot of stamina and hit points but is lousy on speed maybe i can marriage it to a yellow or gold or whatever color i get that has a better top speed kind of thing so I can get around the map faster whenever I find a chocobo stop. Yeah, I've always been a little bit surprised that uh, they haven't leaned even harder into the simul in the sim aspect of that because I feel like I feel like just a like a standalone game about chocobo breeding would probably do very well. Yeah, it would be great in the uh, the touch market, the mobile market of uh, chocobo farmer. <laughs> yeah, he just plays chocobo Billy's farmer farming sim or something. Be, I'd play that. Not gonna lie. Yeah, or they could do like a full knockoff of like Stardew Valley, but just set it at a chocobo farm. Yeah. Right? Oh, totally. Actually, now that I said that, I'm a little bit surprised that they've never actually decided to dip their toes into that genre before. Like they could they could do a full out Final Fantasy Stardew Valley like not crossover but like style game, Harvest Moon but with crystals. It would have a lot of different flavor too, especially being set in like the Final Fantasy 7 world, which is like the pseudo steampunk post-apocalyptic kind of yeah. not vibe. Oh yeah, you could set it like post game too and like you know, like there's there's a, a farm set up on one of the sectors or something like that. Yeah, they're trying to rejuvenate um, Midgar into 
something better. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd, I'd play the heck out of that. Damn, that's a really good idea. <laughs> Somebody print that money. Mike would lose his mind. Anyways, all that being said, it's um, to get back onto First Soldier. It's rad. If you like shooty things and you like Final Fantasy VII, like, it's kind of a no-brainer. It's really well put together. There's, again, a lot of care and thought went into how to marry the two, and it's it's super fun. Like, I just, I could easily get sucked into far too many hours playing it. Mm, I understand. I wish I could say that it's a kind of game that I would play, but I've never been able to get into Battle Royales. I don't know why. I've never really yeah. felt the competitiveness of online competition has never really worked for me. Like even back in the day of like playing Starcraft or something like that, like I would go on Battle.net and I would play and I would be like, I just don't really, I just prefer playing the game by myself. I don't know why. Yeah, you like going at your own speed. Like I tried doing that, yeah, with Battle.net. I remember that. Or like with, uh, I tried playing even like Civ Five back in the day or 4 online. Mm. And like, geez, my first game, you wouldn't imagine it was Civ, but gosh, people are so rude and aggressive. I played a team game. I didn't build something that my team said I had to build on X turn. And mm-hmm. like half my team dropped. I was like, really? We're five turns in and I've already ruined the entire game for you? Okay, yeah. so we're, we're doomed to lose. That's what I've just been told. All right. We like to think that the internet is garbage now, but the reality was it was always garbage. Yeah. Oh, and they do have team matches in this one. It actually wasn't too bad. It was kind of fun um, having a team have your back because there is like voice over IP or whatever it is. I, I, I'm probably dating myself with that term, but still they have like a voice function, which I wasn't using because I think I was playing at night while I was asleep, but it's it's still kind of cool that you can kind of go in as a three person squad and you can each get like a classic compliments kind of thing if you want. Not that it's vastly different, but you can kind of watch each other's back. So that was kind of neat. We like held down like the entertainment district in Midgar hmm. and we're like, this is our spot until we saying, yeah, that's when someone came and wrecked us with Comet, unfortunately, but we, uh, we did pretty good. And that's when it brings out, you can have like a revive uh, materia so you can mm-hmm. bring your team back and Ooh, stuff like that. Okay. But it's, um, I don't know, like I said, I, I wasn't really drawn to them either. So, I mean, it's free to play. It, it doesn't beho- uh, put you out much to just try it. So I'd say, give it a shot. Maybe the flavor will be enough to draw you in. Or you'll just be like, nope, still don't like it. Cool. Maybe I will. I mean, I, I do love playing on my iPad. So I was going to say, it, it, is it on the iPad? Because that'd be a nice screen for it. And if you just pair a Bluetooth controller to it, you're you're singing. Let's find out. Uh, first FF7, First Soldier. Yeah, it's available. Yeah, so I may as well try it out. It's that's That'd be a good place to play it. I mean, I've debated myself actually throwing it on and it's iPod ipad rather yeah i mean it would be my current thing which is i I am absolutely and utterly obsessed with a apple arcade game called mini motorways can't stop playing it (laughs) just love it um yeah that might be interesting i'll take a look yeah whatever worst comes to worst you don't play it you at least didn't spend any money on it yeah that's true and right now is the time to get in early adopting at least if you do decide to stick with it because they are trying to give out early adopter bonuses and stuff like that too right so Get yeah, some cool Shinra themed swag. I wish I, it's just the problem is there's just so many games out right now that are well, like, yeah, exactly. trying to get my attention, especially right now. Cause it's, it's like uh black Friday, black Friday. <laughs> yeah. So everything's on sale again. I mean, there's always a reason for a sale, but now, yeah, you get every steam sale and whatever. And Nintendo's actually dropped prices on like some of their first party games, which is insane. I actually bought one. I bought uh, Hyrule warriors age of calamity. Yeah. I might grab that myself and uh, odyssey. And I was really looking at definitive edition of, um, Dragon Quest Eleven. I would highly recommend Odyssey if you haven't played it yet. I mean, I was Mario Galaxy is was my favorite Mario game, and then Odyssey just blew it out of the water. I love that game so much. It was just pure magic while I was playing it. Yeah, I need to get to it. I I had borrowed it from a friend, but didn't get time to get around to it. And then he's like, my niece wants to borrow it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's just a pure magic game. And 
Yeah, I was thinking about Dragon Quest as well. Um, I don't know what platform to get it on, though. Yeah, since they finally put the definitive editions on everything else. Yeah, I feel like I feel like if I put it on my computer, I'd probably be more likely to play it. But who knows? Yeah, who knows? There are tons of other games that I've been really dying to play. Like <sighs> Persona 5 Royal has been sitting not on my, like it, it's on sale again. It, it often goes on sale, but I look at it and I'm like. And Strikers too, I think, right? Yeah, Strikers is on there too. But then in the back of my mind, I'm like, Persona 4 is on Steam. If you just wait a little while, it might come out on Steam too. And that's been going on for some time. You know the one that's killing me though? I've been wanting to play Undertale forever, and I was I, this was it was going to be the next game I played. But I was like, Undertale goes on sale all the time. I'm just going to wait for it to go on sale, and it hasn't. It hasn't it, so far. It's been two Steam sales, and it has not yet gone on sale, and it's driving me crazy to the point where I'm just like, I just buy it. It doesn't cost that much. Well, no, exactly. I mean, not that like Toby Fox does or doesn't need the money at this point, but I'm sure he'll appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. I want to get into Deltarune. Yeah, Deltarune looks very interesting as well. Gwen's into part two now uh, and yeah she's been loving it i have somehow managed to avoid like 90 percent of spoilers for undertale it's been challenging um, well done but i have so yeah that's that's a game that i am i'm going to try to uh play before it mysteriously gets spoiled somewhere and sorry to answer your question yeah like age of calamity and odyssey like i said are both high on my list and dragon quest 11 i uh we just got a new kitten so there was definitely some yes. some buy-in with money with that with our, our lovely little Ponzu. So they had that. Uh, <laughs> His name Ponzu. Incidentally, Amanda Amanda loves your kitten. Whenever there are whenever there are photos, she is absolutely delighted to look at them. And uh, Ponzu is a really cute kitten. She really, really is. She's got gorgeous little markings. She's adorable and very well tempered now that she's fully like comfortable with the house. So we've been we've been buying up some stuff for her. So there's, our, our money's been a little diverted to that. We just had some car repairs to do, unfortunately, because our, our Honda was leaking and which is problematic given the current uh, climate here in BC with mm. everything flooding. We didn't need our car flooding as well. For those Americans who aren't aware, our uh, Canadian West Coast has gotten some very, very poor weather of late. And there's been quite a bit of flooding and uh yeah it's been I, nuts I, yeah it's been a lot of environmental damage i'm fine in the lower mainland like vancouver proper is fine and i'm also on a hill we've have a little bit of like there's a leak in our roof somewhere which is really obnoxious but otherwise like we haven't had much of a of an issue with the water but like mm-hmm. i said it, flooding our car and it was like filling up where the spare tire goes in the hatch of the hatchback yeah. so you would like accelerate you'd hear sloshing around in the back and oh that's it gets so humid in the car because it's just like a pool that we just were like yeah. okay this needs to stop basically a freaking humidifier well yeah like last summer i went in with sponges and buckets and i like drained it after like an hour mm-hmm. uh, and managed to kind of basically clear it all out and then it all came back again obviously this fall once the heavy rain came again i was like Ugh. Mm. so we're like okay we need to take this in because and my wife got like video evidence of what it was because the first time we had gotten the car cleaned so honda tried to pass it off like oh it's them and we're like okay so this time we actually like saw it like it was dripping through the ceiling where like the seatbelt goes into ceiling mm-hmm. and coming out through there. So they were like, Oh, okay, we'll check it a bit more. Cause they even tried doing like a flood test and everything. And they said they didn't find or see anything, but so uh-huh. it turns out it was that, and it was also affecting electronics. Cause as we learned in Honda fits in a lot of Honda cars, they hide a lot of their wiring in the, in the roof. Hmm. Uh, so water getting in there obviously can short things out a bit and make some of the stuff be a little haywire. And that's not what you want when you're driving a car. Exactly. So they figured it out, but it was, a, it was a pricey upgrade. And then Annette also saw a black Friday sale on a really nice camera lens for a camera. So our money went to that. <laughs> 
mm-hmm. and Christmas is coming. But this was our early Christmas gift to us. I think that's totally fine. Early Christmas presents are great. It is. We'll have less to open on Christmas itself, but I'm sure we'll still, by that point, decide, eh, whatever. That was like a month ago. Let's get something <laughs> nice for each other. <laughs> yeah, that's the danger. Especially Black Friday is... I mean, again, we're in Canada, so we don't have Thanksgiving, at least not American Thanksgiving, but we still have Black Friday. Black Friday was imported into Canada, so we are- Companies like to make money. Yep, they do like to make money, and apparently we like to spend it, so it's a happy marriage. And by Black Friday, it's been like all sale week. Or, and then there's pre-Black Friday sales. It's like, let's just just call it a sale, put it on for a month, do your thing. Like, stop just trying to make- Oh yeah, they just keep extending it past further and further past Friday and then Cyber Monday. Uh. It, it should be a moment of celebration, but I did like the the drop in my stomach when my phone buzzed and I looked at it and it was like forty seven items on your Steam wish list are on sale. I'm like, yes. oh no, dismiss, dismiss, no. love God, dismiss. <laughs> no, I don't. I I can't. I can't. And then I did, and I, I bought a few games. I bought uh, the Forgotten City. <laughs> I bought the Forgotten City so far, which is a. Uh, it was original. It started out as a mod of um, Skyrim. Uh, there, it's a time loop. Game. Oh right, yeah, yeah. That was announced at um, yeah E three this year. I remember that now. Yeah, and uh, speaking of time loop games, I've also got. Uh, I bought the Outer Wilds, not the Outer Worlds, the Outer Wilds. So uh, easily confused, though. So easily confused. Uh, so I got the Outer Wilds, and it's DLC because I've heard exceptional things about that. So. I have a lot of games to play right now, and I will get around to them. And I'll probably talk about them on the podcast because most of them are very, very firmly in our coverage. Yeah, there's like uh, I, I haven't looked at my Steam list on it because I kind of did the same thing. I was like, oh, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm sure there's fun stuff on there that like I wouldn't mind picking up. Like you know, Kingdoms of Amalari Reckonings, fairly affordable right now. I might go grab that up. Mm-hmm. I've been intrigued by Biomutant ever since uh, Audra did the review, and it looked really cool. So that mm-hmm. might be one I might go to check out. And I m- might do Star Traders Frontiers because I remember, oh, I forget. Was it Zach that reviewed that? Somebody at the site reviewed it way back when and spoke very mm. highly of it too. So, Have you ever thought about checking out some visual novels? I don't mind them, but they've never been my first choice of game. Um, despite where you're segueing us to, it's uh, I've, I've done like a bit of 3.9 and there's, there's been a few. It's just like the it really has to be like the right story and fit for me like i think the last yeah. vn i actually liked was um necrobarista when i was playing it for uh, like just video review coverage but it was actually i really enjoyed my time with it it was nice mm-hmm. it was chill it was so low stakes but still compelling oh anyways uh you you definitely like to dabble i like visual novels uh not as much as some people on our staff and my choice in visual novels tends to be a little bit in the more active side but yeah, they can be super, super chill. And the reason why I'm bringing it up is because we just had RPG fans, essential visual novels uh, feature. It just came out on the site. Uh, and it's a number of people from the site uh, picking out their favorite visual novels and talking about them and what makes them great and why other people should play them. And uh, it's a really, really great article. To be bluntly honest, there's a lot of uh, a lot of the games on this list I have not played and some of them I have never heard of. And that is not a reflection on the games. That's a reflection on me. Um, because although, like I said, like I like visual novels, but it's not entirely my genre. That being said. You've never heard of Ace Attorney, John? Uh, I've only ever. No, I, I can't even tell a joke about yeah, that. I yes, I have. I was, I was thinking like, what joke could I say? No, don't got one. No. Um, yeah, Ace Attorney's on here, as is the great Ace Attorney. And I mean, Greg, if you're looking for a, you you didn't play the Great Ace Attorney, did you? No, I haven't played any of them yet, unfortunately. And they've always been they're one of the ones on this list that's on my list of things I would like to get to at some point. Great Ace Attorney is a great place to start um, because there's no real connections uh, to 
there's references, but no real connections to the other one. But aside from that, like we have, uh, what's on the list here? So like games that people might recognize boyfriend dungeon, for example, is on here. Yeah. That's probably the biggest one on my list that I really want to play. Cause it just looks so stylish. It's it got a pretty good series of reviews. It just, and it's, it, I don't know. It was looked awesome from the get go. It was announced. It's such a fun, cool, dumb, a wonderful concept. Yeah. Uh, nine and nine, nine hours, nine persons, nine doors is on here too. A classic and a goodie apparently, which I have not played, but is, a, a, I actually have it on my system right now. It's one of those, it's one of the games that's been on my backlog forever. Uh, Danganronpa, I can never pronounce it. Danganronpa, uh, trigger happy havoc. Oh, I do remember when that got talked about way back when. Yeah. And it's getting a, uh, re-release in a couple of weeks for the, huh. in a couple of weeks, but actually probably by the time this episode is, this episode comes out on the 29th. Yeah. So it'll be out on the day this episode comes out. You can buy these games on the first three games, uh, on, uh, and a, a spinoff on the Nintendo switch. Nice. It was it. Were they DS or were they were they Vita? They were Vita, PlayStation Four. They've been they've been put on basically everything since. It's just the Switch is, as I understand it, a real good fit for it. But yeah, that's on there. Uh, and yeah, I, I highly recommend the link to the story will be in the show notes. So if you ever wanted to check that out and you were looking for something, like Doki Doki Literature Club is on here too. Right. Yeah, because that just got re released. Uh, actually, it expanded re released as well. Right. Um, the Doki Doki Literature Club Plus. Exclamation point. Neil reviewed that a couple of weeks, uh, a couple months ago. I mean, you got to yell it apparently then, right? If that, if yeah. That's the logic. Yeah. Doki Doki Literature Club Plus. That that actually sounds just right. You, I think you hit the right tone there. <laughs> I mean, I think I need to have a lot more anime schoolgirl, but otherwise, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I would check that if anyone is ever interested in a visual novel or you're looking for something a little more low key to play over uh, your holiday vacation. If you're like home with your family right now and you couldn't take like your PlayStation Five with you, pick out your Switch with you, and or you want to play something, or you only have your parents' like ten year old computer or something like that to play games on, uh, visual novels are a good choice because they're usually really low spec, really low demand, yeah, low demand. So you can uh, you can play those. So if you're looking for something, check that out. But let's be real, Jono. If people are at home together with their families, that's basically a virtual visual novel like in the making. <laughs> those kind of dramatic stories lots of conflict who did what what did who catching up you know it's that's that's ripe somewhat oh gosh we need to make like doki doki thanksgiving or something i don't um, I, having played doki doki i that i don't even want to think about what that would be that would holy crap okay that would be one scary turkey <laughs> that would be a terrifying turkey right there doki doki literature club is one of the only games that's actually scared me into stopping playing it really oh, yeah I, it does not seem like it should. I don't know much from it. I haven't seen a lot of media from it. So when people tell me like, oh, that, move, that, that game is terrifying, scary, or has this, that, or whatever, I'm just like, really? Yeah, that's the point, really. But like, I'm not going to spoil anything for you, but you play it and it it genuinely, I was enjoying it. I was having a good time, but I was at a certain place in my life where I was like looking for something a little bit more calming, a little bit cooler. And then some stuff <laughs> happened. Not- some stuff happened and I was just like, nope. And I noped out of the game and uh, I will play it again at some point in the future. But it makes a lot more sense why Neil was into it then, because Neil's the one that got me to play Mermaid Swamp back when for spooky games <laughs> on a random encounter episode or retro encounter, retro encounter episode. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, gosh, this is bizarre weirdness. Corpse party, like along all those veins. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of crossover with visual novels and point and click adventure games. Right. Yeah. And it's why, yeah, it kind of blurs the lines a little bit, like with something like Neko Barista, where it's kind of a bit of both yeah and also like ace attorney is it's a visual novel but it's yeah. very much a puzzle game slash point and yeah, click adventure yeah. game that kind of thing i just finished a third person adventure game a couple of days ago and i really enjoyed it oh yeah you were talking about that yeah that's definitely 
in the in the vein of all this. Yeah, abduction. I was talking to Mike and Hillary on uh, Rhythm Encounter last week. Uh, one of the songs that was picked was a. Were you tied up in a chair? <laughs> Were you the one abducted? Abducted. Um, <laughs> no, you don't need to tie me to a chair to get me to be on an episode. Of it's Rhythm. a very interactive game. Someone comes into your house, takes you to another house. It was super fun. You got to figure out how to escape or die. Oh, gosh, what a thrill. I mean, some people would pay good money for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I was. we were talking and one of the songs on it was a uh, Mist medley of all the, of the music from the Mist games. And oh, I was like... Nice. I've never played Myst. I played it a little bit when I was a kid on my friend's computer, but it just, I don't know. It was just one of those games that the cracks, but it was like, well, I, Jono, that right there was, uh, an opportunity that you did not partake of. Wait, what? <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> I was just completely ruining the joke. Cause I was going to say that was a missed opportunity, but that yeah, opportunity you did not partake of. <laughs> But now I had to explain the joke. You're welcome, audience. Oh, God, I'm so glad that you came back for this episode. (laughs) (laughs) This is what you're going to be missing, folks. Uh, Sorry, not sorry. You're going to be misting it. Oh, no. No, mine wasn't as good. See, that's that. No, mine wasn't as good. Um, Yeah, go have a kid, then get back to me, Jono. (laughs) If I had a kid, I I don't know if I could do both. But yeah, Abduction, it's from the creators of Myst. Um, and it's basically, it's very similar to a Myst game. Uh, it doesn't take place in the same uh, universe as Myst, but similar game mechanics and things. It's open world, but you can play it in point and click modes where you, you know, you, you click around rather than move. Go like frame by frame kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's an intriguing mix of like modern day third person adventure game and uh third person adventure game. Why do I keep saying that? It's not, it's a first person adventure game. Uh, a modern mix of first person adventure game and uh, like throwback of mist. For example, there are there are a few characters in it, but primarily, if you're talking to a character, uh, you're looking at them using full motion video. So this game uses FMV, which is a oh, that's fun. yeah, it is, and it's it, it's it creates like this interesting, almost not off putting, but like just interesting atmosphere in this world and there's a lot of things in this world that stick out that don't make sense that you need to figure out uh it has it's a great soundtrack has a really really solid central mystery to it um with some very good exploration i must admit that the central puzzle mechanic makes me want to freak the heck out because it uses a number system in base four as the central puzzle mechanic uh, and there is a way to cheat it like there is a which for those of us who in, in layman's terms base four is oh uh so, oh my God, this is going to be bad. Okay. Buckle up. Yeah. Uh, base four uses the digits zero, one, two, three to represent any real number. Uh, so like, you want to know what? I'm not going to explain what base four is because I don't think I can actually do it. I just know that base three figured in uh, largely in Star Trek uh, 25th anniversary and I hated it there too. Turns out I am not great with math. And the concept of base three or base four is very puzzling. (laughs) See, when when a a zero and a one and a two and a three love each other very much. Very much. You get a a base four. Uh, No, (laughs) that's that's totally fair. Anyways, carry on. Sorry. Um, Math and you don't get along. So, for example, okay, I can give you uh, base two is a binary number system. Two digits, zero, one. So, like computers, that kind of thing. Right. That's base two. Uh, Our system of uh, our system of numbers that we use is the decimal system. Uh, so it is uh, base 10. Uh, so the 10 digits are 0 to 9. Uh, and there are a variety of other ones, base 
three base four, that kind of thing, which are based on different systems of numbers. Uh, so if you are not used to that, it can be very, very tricky. And in this particular game, the central puzzle mechanic is based on base four, and it is hair pulling at times trying to figure it out. Then once you do, you're fine, but it it's, it, it's tricky. Um, I might write a review for it. Uh, but the point is that I never played Myst before, and now I really do want to. It's pretty great. Yeah, I've heard exceptional things about it. I mean, it's a classic, obviously. I wouldn't play the original. I'd play the uh, the recent remake. So they, there's so many versions of the game. There's like Myst, and then there's like a better looking version of Myst, and then there's real Myst. Myst Toaster Edition. Yeah, Myst Toaster Edition. Uh, you can install it next to Skyrim. Um, yeah, so I, I might play Myst in the future. I don't know. Uh, but this game was great. Obduction. Uh, highly recommend it if you are looking for a first-person adventure game uh, with no combat, and it's just kind of chill. Um, puzzles aren't super difficult outside of the base four. And I mean, if you want, you can cheat. There's a, there's a, there's, there are ways to cheat. You could just go online uh, and uh, use a base four converter and you can figure that out. So yeah, that's fine. Um, but other than that, I've been basically playing mini motorways. So it's not, a, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it it's not a role playing game unless your role playing is, uh, it, do you know it? It's the same guys who did mini, uh, uh, no, mini Metro. No, nothing about it. Yeah. It's oh, mini okay. Metro. Vaguely yeah. Mini Metro is like a bunch. You, you have maps of cities and, uh, subway stations appear on the map and you need to connect together the subway stations in order to most efficiently move people around and mini metro is very similar to that except that instead of metro stations uh locations show up and you need to um draw uh, streets and highways and things like that to uh connect them together and to get people there as as close as possible and there's always a fail state there's no way to win like eventually traffic uh, is going to traffic's the only winner of this game, but it's super addictive. I'm such a giant fan of it. I just love it. Nobody wins in traffic. This is a pure fantasy. Yeah. Obviously, it's an RPG then. Yeah, um, but no, I, I highly recommend it. If anyone uses like Apple Arcade, it's on there. So yeah. Plus, you know, also Fantasian. Also Fantasian. <laughs> yes, yes, Fantasian is on there too, which I was actually going to mention in a second. Um, I, I just wanted to uh, now. Uh, for those of you who don't know, and you should know because we've been talking about it this entire episode, Greg and I are Canadian. We are not American. We are just above America. So we are not celebrating. <laughs> not to sound conceited. <laughs> not to sound conceited, but we're above <laughs> America. Um, but the point is we're not celebrating Thanksgiving because we already celebrated Thanksgiving last month. You know, real Thanksgiving in October. Yeah, we got our schedules mixed up so yeah right. i mean I, I have to admit thanksgiving american thanksgiving is always hard for me because like my friends and rpg fan and stuff like that are like posting photos of this delicious looking food and like turkey and i'm like oh, i want that even though i had it a month ago yeah whereas like a few months ago we didn't do that at all to them <laughs> we just ate garbage yeah this is revenge but yeah i feel you <laughs> especially now working for an american company i'm like well now i want the day off to eat turkey yeah i know but it's american thanksgiving we're not american but we're gonna celebrate it anyway so uh, discussion question this week is going to be real, real simple. And I'm just going to ask Greg, what are you thankful for? Well, uh, to, uh, talk about real things, I guess I am thankful still to be a part of the site, to be a part of a wonderful group of people at RPG fan that, uh, you know, love and support. I, I couldn't have stepped away the way I did without people like you and Mike, as I said before, encouraging me to like, Hey, take a step back and realize you need a break. And the same, like, I'm grateful to have, my wonderful supporting loving wife uh through throughout covid and my daughter who has been weathering her own growth and changes i mean she's preteen now it's, it's gonna be hell <laughs> but yeah. she's still a pretty good kid 
I'm just grateful to have um, great family I chose and friends and RPG friend and great actual family around me. Yeah, I uh, I completely uh, understand that. Like I am I am so thankful for Amanda over the last. I, God, I can only imagine what it would be like to have tried to navigate this pandemic without someone. Yeah, I feel for all you folks out there who don't have a pet or a companion or a roommate or something that they've been weathering social isolation. Just someone. <laughs> yeah, it's uh I'm incredibly thankful for Amanda. I'm incredibly thankful for Amanda's family. Like I've spent Christmas with Amanda's family for actually almost this will be the 8th year I've spent with them and uh it's something that I feel privileged every year, which it it's funny. It's I've been with Amanda for eight years now. And you think that at some point it would be like, oh, I'm just a member of the family, but I never forget how lucky I am that they have accepted me into their family and uh, share their Christmas and uh, holidays with me. And uh, that's something I'm very thankful for. But on a slightly lighter note, Hey Greg, what gaming stuff are you thankful for? Oh, this is fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause we were talking about this in the pre-show about like what uh, kind of like, what are we thankful for in gaming, either like innovations or, yeah. Uh, you know, what games are we grateful for? Like, you know, we're grateful for the rumors about a Chrono Cross I remake, I'm not going to lie. Uh, they but, give us hope. Um, I'm grateful for the innovation of uh, kind of what Bravely Default did with like the nostalgic RPG mechanics, but uh, just making them a bit more flexible and faster mm-hmm. and how that encounter rate adjustment and stuff, how that's been applied to like the remasters of the Final Fantasy games and stuff too. Mm-hmm. So they're just a lot more approachable for people who may have been cursory interested in the worlds of the games um, but didn't and the and the stories, but didn't want to commit to such a grind or such a um, you know uh, an involved gameplay system. Not to say that like those are like you know heavy gameplay, but it's it's a lot to ask someone to be like, well, if you want to you know beat the game, you need to like grind it out and put extra time into fighting and get to level sixty. And the fact that you can just like you know what, no nine 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 on cool, let's just go see this really cool story. Mm-hmm. Like I'm grateful for uh, that um, quality of life adjustment that has been brought to a lot of modern games to let non-hardcore for lack of a better term gamers enjoy the games in the world at the pace that they choose they want to absolutely um there was actually a really great podcast uh a video game podcast called the besties they did a episode all about uh accessibility a few months ago okay see how that could be an accessibility thing yeah yeah, and it was accessibility depends on is, is a lot of things but like i think the more people who can play games the better it doesn't expect, how can I put this? If, if they offer an easy mode or a story only mode, I'm so happy that that's there. It's not going to affect my experience, but it could dramatically affect somebody else's. And I think that's that's very important to keep that in mind. Yeah, it's uh, to paraphrase somebody we know quite well, talking about a very different situation, but it still applies here. Like anyone who could complain about those features, quality of life things or whatever, like there's no reason not to have them that isn't entirely selfish. Yeah. If that's your opinion, then you're you're selfish, I'm sorry. But if it doesn't hurt you to have them on or off, it's not like they left out some epic amazing cool mode that was catered to you just to let people have story mode in Horizon Zero Dawn, you know. Absolutely. I think that if you are if you are if you go into a menu and in the menu under like graphic options or save game, you see accessibility and you get angry, I think that you should probably examine why you're getting angry because that is a problem. In my mind, that's a problem. You know what I'm actually thankful for for uh, video games in 2020? I am really thankful for just 
the jaw-dropping number of astoundingly good RPGs that got released this year. When COVID hit last year, you know, there were all these delays, uh, like fears of delays and things like that. And I was worried that a lot of games were going to be delayed even further into 2022 and that this year actually might be fairly light. But like we've had uh, just a selection, Bravely Default 2, uh, Near Replicant, we've had uh, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate, we've had uh the remake of legend of mana we've had the or not the remake the the remaster of legend of mana we've had the remake we've had skyward sword hd uh the pixel remasters for final yeah, fantasy some great stuff. yeah shimigami tensei i mean not new things but yeah, shimigami tensei 5 was new lost judgment was new uh endwalker is coming out in a few weeks and i know that many people on this site are absolutely thrilled and thankful beyond belief that that's happening only a few. only a few um not me i'm i'm not one of them i i am well on record as being anti final fantasy for no i'm not not even slightly i just haven't played it yet and i will just your your bank account and schedule is. Yeah, bank account and schedule i have too many things to play um that might be my 2022 resolution though is, is give final fantasy 14 a try um well listen greg I think that I don't know where to go from here. Um, well, uh, I mean, I know it's going to be hard living without me like you have been for the past no, few I mean, months, I, but no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I genuinely, oh, I really want to thank you um, because uh, a long while ago now, it seems, but it really wasn't all that long ago. Uh, you contacted me and you wanted to know if I would uh, do some co-hosting with you. And up to that point, I'd only been on a few episodes of Random Encounter. I've only ever podcasted a few times. Uh, and it was all RPG fan. And I was delighted and I was nervous about it. And I didn't know, you know, how it was going to go. I said, I think I can't even remember what I said at the time. I think I was like, oh, we'll see how it goes maybe. Um, and I just, I just <laughs> had the best time co-hosting this show with you. Like that's so good to hear doing this, doing this show with you was like the highlight of my, uh, every two weeks. And when COVID hit, it became even more important because well, like we were talking about a few minutes ago about oh, having yeah. connection, but like this show gave me a chance to interact with a community of my friends and you, and that, that was a lifeline in a lot of ways. So this show means a lot to me. And the fact that you trusted me to come on and, and do the work with you on this show, uh, just means the absolute world to me. So thank you very much, Greg. Like, really, thank you. Oh, it's, I appreciate that so much. Thank you. That's, that's a good feeling to, to feel uh, that you've had that effect and the show has had that effect on you. And I, I know I'm leaving in capable hands, obviously. That's why I had no problem. There's It was no issue, no ego. Aside from, like, the only ego I had was my own fear of putting too much on you and disappointing Mike and the site and listeners just by, you know, the ownership I have over the, the product, so to speak. But, like, yeah. I, I've never felt any, like jealousy about having somebody else take on the show um no. like i started at the site to be on this show in a lot of ways when um rob stepped away and Derek was kind of starting to take it on himself and i was like hey do you want a co-host do you think they'll take me on now and that's pretty much why i came around and then i slowly started getting into too many other side projects at the site and then life got really busy for me lately like i said so i've had to uh reevaluate and unfortunately you know the volunteer stuff has to be the thing that backs off a bit if i want to still have the energy to go into other things just not enough spoons as they say mm -hmm. i am not that spoony a bard anymore <laughs> keeping it on brand uh but yeah i i am so glad that you decided to came on because you have been a fun delightful foil to to share the mic with and uh and yeah throughout COVID, it was just nice to have a thoughtful group of peers somebody like you who has a a, 
a bit of a stronger sense of organization than I do for stuff. So you were able to reinvigorate certain aspects of the podcast. And, uh, and I'm also, it's been really neat seeing you take on like the tech aspect that I think you started learning, I guess, for the purposes of the show and have stepped into a lot more of the site too. So you got to learn a new skill, which is kind of the same thing that happened to me when I took on editing of it. You just, you figure it out. Yeah, you do. And you figure it out quick too. Mm-hmm. It's been, yeah, it's just been great bringing what I hope to our listeners is quality content, upping the quality of the show technically, technologically, and you wanting to carry that forward, putting the same care and effort into it has been great. And I, I am sad to leave you as a co-host because I do look forward to the chats and uh, with you and the rest of the panel and having the consistent friendship co-host relationship that we have. Um, but we'll always have Abercrombie Video. Oh, Abercrombie Video will forever be there. I mean, I don't know if Abercrombie Video will forever be there. I hope it is. That... <laughs> <laughs> Honest to God, I don't know. Like, I, I, every time I drive by there, I'm like, how is this still a thing? And apparently they are. And I'm very, I'm, I'm glad that they're still a thing. Cause that's the kind of small, it's just a front now at this point. <laughs> that's the kind of small town like store that you hope exists in a small town, like a, a video store. Yeah. And it, 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 yeah. it feels like almost like a throwback, but I, I, I wish Abercrombie video health forever. Um, because the day it closes <laughs> will be a very sad day for new Glasgow and it will be a very sad day for me. And if it ever does happen, listeners you can be sure that i will keep you appraised and i will inform you about it oh gosh we need to like we need to print out an, an rpg fan editor's choice badge and bring it to abercrombie video we've mentioned it so much on the podcast as heard on rpg fans random encounter they'll put i guarantee they'll put it in their window they'll be like what the oh, heck I, I had ideas before covid it, <laughs> it'd be so funny. before covid i was thinking like i have i have a cottage in nova scotia and i was thinking like if a bunch of people flew up for the cottage we could have like an rpg fan retreat here and then in the back of my mind i was like we could That'd do a so live funny. broadcast from abercrombie video you joke but i would have been there for it in a heartbeat oh yeah that would have been uh, that would have been fun and who knows it might happen at some point in the future okay yeah so yeah i am like we were saying uh you are <laughs> I, I wish i was gonna make a joke about how greg will be back on this show over my dead body but i i can't because uh i i would love you to come back on the show so and obviously you will but if you do miss greg um in fact don't worry, you can hear Greg on any number of past episodes of Random Encounter. Yeah, since 152, 3, 4, somewhere around there. Around the 150s is when I kind of started on the show and then took over in the 170s, I want to say. Yeah, so like almost 100 episodes, which is a little bit disturbing yeah. to me because we're on 229 right now. And I'm like, didn't we just do the 100th episode or the... Uh, 200 episode a couple weeks ago and meanwhile somewhere listening uh mike Solosi is scoffing at us rank amateurs yeah well speaking of mike Solosi, uh retro encounter with mike Solosi is one of our other podcasts an rpg fan um and uh yeah we've we've I, i've been on a few episodes of that we i did some star trek episodes um which were a ton of fun yeah i'm excited to hear that i've i i uh, remiss and haven't really looked into any of like the star trek rpgs um yeah, and he also uh, just released a two-parter episode for Yee's Origin, and uh, those episodes are just out, and we have some other ones coming up, and we have December's... Please tell me it came out yesterday. Yesterday. The origin was yesterday. Um, yeah, and we have other episodes coming out soon, and we also have Final Fantasy V, uh, a two-parter, coming out in December. So uh, if anyone has recently played the uh, remasters or you are thinking about it this would be a great opportunity to play it to play along with us i think that's the one i want to get uh, i mean i have 
there's nothing really super drawing me to the remaster. I know I missed the episode back when I almost like held off my hiatus just to be on the episode where you talked about the remasters and stuff. Oh, yeah, first fantasies. But five, I really want to. Uh, I know I love that game a lot. You and I have talked about how we both really like it. It's one of our faves from the Pixels. I just finished it again a few days ago for this episode of Retro, and uh, yeah, mm. it it really holds up. And the the Pixel remaster is just whew, it is real good. And the music is so good. Oh, the music is so good. But we're going to be talking about that. Um, speaking about music, we also have Rhythm Encounter, which is our Peachy Fans music podcast. Yeah. Uh, in the last episode, it was uh, we, we did video game concerts, and that was a blast. It was uh, Mike, Hillary, and myself. In the next episode, we're going to be taking a look at NES music. So if you are a fan of Beeps and Boops from the NES era, that is going to be an episode you do not want to miss. Um, we also have our partner podcast, Phoenix Edge with Hat and Eric, uh, that focuses on RPG news. You can find that up on YouTube. Uh, if you'd like to get in contact with us here at Random Encounter, you can fire us a message off at podcast at rpgfan.com. We would absolutely love to hear from you. Uh, if you have any ideas for future episodes or our, our, our discussion questions, those are we'd love uh, for you to share those with us. Um, anything really at all you'd like to share, just send it our way. We'll, we'll happily listen to it. Um, if you want to send me a personal email, uh, you can do so at jloganrpgfan.com, or you can find me on Twitter at Jono underscore Logan. Feel free to add me on there. Uh, and Greg, where can we find you now, my friend? Uh, well, most recently, uh, you'll find me on a couple Netflix shows, uh, like Virgin River, and another one that is heretofore uh, unannounced at the moment, my my part on, so I don't want to spoil it, but it was pretty cool to be on it. Is that the one where you were in front of the sign that says confident guy? Yes, I play the role of confident guy or as a confident dude confident dude confident was my dude. okay name. i don't know yeah. can, can i share this in the episode oh yeah for sure okay. confident dude's fine i mean the picture's out there i just can't i won't say what show it's from. okay well confident you're going to be looking for a confident dude on a show <laughs> exactly. at some point in the future yep it was a lot of fun being on that one uh and then otherwise though uh yeah I'm, you can pretty much find greg delmage anywhere if once you go through my imdb and onwards like g delmage anywhere if you want to keep in touch with me and stuff i uh do a lot on instagram and on twitter and i'm around cool um if you enjoyed listening to this podcast uh you could happily share it with one of your friends uh you know help us get the word out there and if you didn't shut the hell up if you didn't no yeah that's okay <laughs> finally greg's off the show now so he's letting his I'm real not the host anymore so i can be rude <laughs> all right so first of all we got to talk about who left us one stars i will find you <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Yeah, uh, no, you you find Greg. No, he doesn't find you. This is Greg is not starring in a remake of Taken. Um, but if you want to rate us on iTunes or your other podcast players, we would be thrilled to death if you could do that, uh, sharing us and reviewing. That would be wonderful. So uh, thank you so very much for joining us this week. And we'll be back in two weeks with another episode. So uh, whatever you're playing, have fun. Or not. I'm not your real dad. <laughs>